Merry Christmas to all our listeners. This is episode 95 of Crypto Weekly. Boris wins, Brexit is getting done, so presumably the UK will be massive bros with Trump's America. This week in the crypto news though, Maduro treats his people to a Petro Christmas present. Huge new developments in the Quadriga legal case. A UK crypto payments company closes up just three months after raising $2 million. And a hacker makes off with $6.7 million from the VeChain Foundation. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. I'm joined here in the studio by Geordie Prince to my left. Hello. P Money to my right. Howdy. Crypto Beak slightly further to my left. Bonjour. And directly opposite me, we have the Bitcoin Buble. Good evening, Ken. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Crypto Weekly, as this is the last shill you'll get in 2019 for the Crypto Weekly Patreon. Sign up for $10 a month and you get access to raw, uncut Crypto Weekly one week before the rest of the munchkins. On average. Yeah, on average. (laughs) For the last few weeks. (laughs) This episode may actually come out in 2020. (laughs) Without further ado, though, let's get started with the news. First news this week is that Maduro has got a little Christmas present for the people of Venezuela. He's put on his red hat, his big brown boots, and he's dishing out <laughs> Petro like he's minted it from nowhere. <laughs> Who wants to jump in on this one? Because apparently it's not the prince this week. It's not, Ken. It's a mixed bag for the people of Venezuela, Ken. So, on one hand, Hyperinflation is continuing at a steady and gigantic rate, which led to them having the highest volume of all time on local Bitcoin, mainly because the Bolivar is getting worth less and less every day. Their life savings, everything they own or ever have owned is getting devalued, and it's a struggle day-to-day to survive. But, on the other hand, Maduro... It's going to give everyone half a Petro. By everyone, I actually mean retirees and people who work in the public sector. Uh, It's currently worth $30, which is presumably enough to buy a street in Venezuela at the moment. Um, He says he's making quite a few claims about how good Petro is at the moment. They've got 30 million barrels of oil, uh, which... He says, are part of, quote, the direct physical material wealth that sustains the Petro for whoever wants to claim it. And there are 50,000 merchants in the country that are ready to accept Petro soon. Any minute now. Soon? Yeah, soon. So if you're worried about the uh, old people in Venezuela, don't, because they'll get half a Petro. And also public workers, they also should be fine. Uh, Everyone else... I guess they just are not some of the people who want to claim Petro. And I guess they're fucked. But hold tight the public sector workers and retirees in Venezuela. They'll be all right. Buy Bitcoin. 
Sorry, I was just doing a quick exchange rate calculation. How are we looking? How am uh, I Bolivar's holding? So I actually had Venezuelan food for lunch yesterday. <laughs> and I paid 12... I didn't realise you are an expert, Ken. Yeah, and I paid £12 for it, which is the equivalent of 310,000 Bolivar. Okay. Do they... So presumably when they have this kind of inflation, their note denominations have to go... They have to just reprint new money with bigger denominations. Or they carry it around in barrels, wheelbarrows, yeah. like in the classic uh, Germany photograph from whenever that was, thirties, twenties, in the uh, late thirties, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, late twenties. Sorry. Yeah, we've seen both. They did it like the the famous example is like the fifty trillion Zimbabwean dollar note that like you'll be able to pick up on eBay for fifty seven pence or something. Yeah, Cadell so. sent me a trillion. Oh, I've nice. got a trill sitting nice. at home. Hold tight, Cadell. <laughs> nice. Are, this, are they are Zimbabwe still having issues with that? Is that still a thing? Have they have they rebased I think, their currency? I think they, um, didn't they didn't dollarize? they dollarize. Yeah. yeah, they basically like dollarized their economy. Like everyone uses dollars now. So that and uh, as we know, loads of them bought loads of Bitcoin. So <laughs> hold tight. So are we going to be talking about people Bitcoinerizing? We, we have are, been. We <laughs> are right now. Yeah, Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, but is it so? People are moving their assets. So people are moving their assets into Bitcoin, but are they, is there an increase in volume? Is there an, as in like actual transactions between individuals rather than just going into it and holding? I think, so if I had to guess, I'd say that you want to put, you want to hold as many Bitcoin as you possibly can and transact with as many Bolivar as you can. So you want to, yeah, you want to sell Bitcoin for Bolivar anytime you want to buy like, a private island off the coast of Venezuela, <laughs> but you want to anytime you have Bolivar, you want instantly change them into Bitcoin. Apparently, though, shopkeepers have been accepting crypto for the last year plus in mm-hmm. Venezuela, so I think they are using it as currency as well. Okay. So, local Bitcoin has um, spread, right? Yeah, and presumably, <clears throat> we can just charge whatever you want on local yeah, Bitcoin, right? Yeah, but but I mean, what I mean by that is that. It depends on the on the the physical environment that you're in about the the demand and the supply and demand that yeah. affects the price much more than it does on an exchange. So presumably the price of Bitcoin is significantly higher because the demand would be higher in somewhere like Venezuela. You yeah, would, yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, That's and we have seen premiums in different places, like the Korea, like, yeah, the kimchi tax or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Ridiculous yeah. like that. Kimchi premium. I yeah. Think, yeah. Um, so, is it worth taking a taking a flight to to Venezuela? Nothing is worth that. <laughs> Stacked up with bitcoins and just going around coffee shops and selling bitcoins. We would be slaughtered in seconds, apparently. Really? They reckon non-Venezuelans just instantly, like very quickly, murdered and or kidnapped at the moment. What for their Jesus. bitcoin or just in general? Just for anything you got on you. Feel oh, like wow! If you're okay. walking People around, are- plying your wares, being like, I've got tons of bitcoin that I'm looking to sell. I feel like you're going to be the victim of a wrench attack right. very, very quickly. Buy a few guns and we'll head over. Oh, what would you buy? Uh, I guess a, a bolt-action rifle or whatever you well, like, I'll Ken. T- I'll tell you, I'll tell <laughs> you what... kind of musket. Yeah. I'll tell you what I wouldn't buy, Ken. <laughs> a and that's, and that's anything without a drop safety. Hold tight, kill gore. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Get well soon, big man. Don't sweat it happens to the best of them, but I just want to wish you the speediest recovery possible. Hold tight. What so, happened? Kill gore shot himself. Kill himself. Right. No. Yeah. 
dropped his gun. Yeah. yeah. Anything could happen to anyone. It fell out of his holster. What? Yeah. It fell out of his holster. I thought that guns falling on the floor and firing was a proper meme. No, it's no. not. Well, it is if you're talking about guns made in this century. Mm. Uh, You've got some Clint Eastwood. Are you feeling lucky, punk type shit? But also, I, but I also heard that the reason that most people shoot themselves by dropping their gun is because they modify the trigger to be more sensitive. Oh, you want it? Yeah, yeah you want it as sensitive as possible. I don't. In case there's milliseconds between you and the bad guy. Yeah, that that was not the case for him. Mm. Yeah. It was just enough of a, a hit to prime it. And it fired through his left calf muscle and out. Relatively high up his leg, I think, actually. Flash wound, he'll be fine. Big big kill goal, shrug that one off. That is so true. <laughs> Although it was relatively near his daughter and then now his wife's making him lock up his guns properly. Oh, such a You know what he pain. wants to do? He wants to drop a hammer right on his toe and say it can happen with any kind of tool. Now you're talking yeah. about you wouldn't ban yeah. hammers. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, that, it can't go about my business with my tools that I need. Exactly. But admittedly, he wouldn't drop a hammer and it suddenly bounce off the floor and claw her in the back of the skull. So he it needs to drop do. it on his daughter's head is <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. Oh, oh yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Moving on to other near-death experiences, we have the Quadriga CEO who is possibly not dead. And claimants in the legal case against the exchange that ran off with all their money. Who are now querying, is he really dead? Presumably even listening to Crypto Weekly. What lengths are people going to to prove that this deli belly gentleman is alive? They're trying to dig the fucker up, Ken. What? (laughs) Yeah, they want to exhume the body and have a post-mortem autopsy. (laughs) So they're... A post-post-mortem. Post? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're trying to... Uh, I mean, I don't know what more to say. They're trying to dig the fucker up and see if he's really there. Or whether he's in, like, Cambodia banging some go-go dancers. Is there I know an, which my money's on. Is there an organ market on whether the guy's even there or not? Oh, there should be. Empty Great grave or point. not. Wait, fire it up. I feel like there definitely won't be an empty grave. But how do we know... So, so they've addressed the letter that they wrote to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I mean, if they... Right, so, a letter what? to the Mounties? If they, if well, they can't get it. That, the Mounties, right? Yeah, that makes the me what, think... Have they got uh, Indian branch? Yeah, exactly. Like, is he, has he been buried in Canada? Because that's what that implies, unless they're going to dispatch some horses to the, the subcontinent by... Surely that implies that he is buried in Canada, which me- leads a lot more credence to the fact that, one, there was a body they had to bury, and, and two, therefore, he did actually die. But, I mean, that was not enough for the um, the creditors of Quadriga, who have asked the Mounties to exhume the body and perform a full autopsy. If he was, If he was up to no good... And he didn't really die. Wouldn't he have just been like, oh, uh, by the way, my dying wish is for my body to be cremated and uh, scattered into the Pacific Ocean, for instance. I can't believe he would actually, there would be a body to exhume or perform an autopsy on if this is a scam, you know? So that, I don't know, I'm kind of torn on this. I think that if there is a body, it's almost certainly his. But would that not be the best double bluff? 
I can't believe you can write to the Mounties for stuff. I've got a lot. I'm going to start writing to the Mounties about. Yeah, I also like the fact that the um, people <laughs> they stipulated a uh, time scale for this in their letter, saying that uh, the representatives council council respectfully request that this process be completed by spring of 2020, given decomposition concerns. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, the man died of deli belly as well. Imagine Great the point. smell. Yeah, his oh. bloated corpse. Oh god! And they crack open the coffin, and the coffin lid just flies off. <laughs> All those trapped <laughs> gases. Exactly. Christ. That, I do not begrudge the Mounties on this one. Serious. Yeah. I mean, it's a story that absolutely keeps on giving, and it. We all know it's not over yet. Yeah. Like, there's at least going to be probably some attempt by a Mountie. <laughs> To dig up the maybe non-existent body of a victim of Delhi Belly. I mean, which, which means that Twenty Twenty wow. Crypto Weekly will be continuing yeah. to cover the Quadriga saga, yeah. falling just short of Boris's promise to get Brexit done soon. We have a UK crypto payments company, Bottle Pay, closed down just three months after raising two million dollars because of EU anti-money laundering rules. Too much pressure from the EU, they couldn't hold out for glorious British independence. Correct, Ken. So we've got a blog post by BottlePay, who are a company that aim to let users of social media quickly send crypto to one another. So So trash. (laughs) So if, for instance, you read one of Crypto Buble's spicy Twitter takes and you were like, this is great stuff. I'm going to reward this out of box thinking. You could instantly, <laughs> you could instantly send him some ethos or whatever to you know let him know that he'd done a great job. So that was basically the premise of Bottle Pay, but they've come out as you mentioned just months after raising millions of millions of dollars to say that a recent piece of EU legislation regarding anti money laundering has or will, and I quote, alter the current user experience so radically and so negatively that we are not willing to force force this onto our community. There's no community. They haven't got community. Well, uh, force listen, it on. big guy. Failure. They, they got it. Terrible. 100% month-over-month growth in uh, the initial months of the app being used. That's from, from, from July. One from user to two users. Yeah. Into September that, that, of this year. That might have been me researching this story, Kevin. <laughs> It is a bit weird, though, because, like, maybe you wouldn't have to force anything onto anyone. Maybe you could say, if you're still, if you're happy to use Bottle Pay and give us the information that the EU now wants, then you can. And if you don't, then you can close your account. Otherwise, you can use our 700 better established competitors. <laughs> yeah, or that. So I don't feel like there was, <laughs> I don't feel like Bottle Pay could have forced anyone could have forced this onto their community even if they had any desire to absolute piss take that they said we don't want to force this implying they have the power over their share of the market which was zero on our community which makes it seem like they've got a loyal base of customers of which they will have almost zero total cunts up your arse bottle pay. what's going to happen to all this seed money then because just three months ago well i suspect anything they haven't spent on Avocado on toast and black rimmed glasses 
and team nights out in Berlin. Every, they'll go back to their uh, their investors, I imagine. But that shouldn't be a lot, Ken. <laughs> Hopefully their burn rate has been near enough to get rid of all $2 million in three months. I would imagine it has. Yeah, so they do also mention that if you are a bottle pay user, you have until Tuesday the 31st of December to withdraw all funds from that, from your wallet, or they've decided to punish those too lazy to do that by donating any remaining funds to the Human Rights Foundation. So let's get the money out of there quick, guys. That seems a little bit harsh, though, to people that don't follow... The, the projects that they yeah. that they have money in seems like theft yeah yeah um, they're gonna they're thieving from their customers just like they thieved from their investors <laughs> allegedly this is a classic example though everyone in crypto is like icos are such a scam it's like any early stage investing is pretty dodgy all kinds of stuff can happen it's just they've only heard of icos yeah. so these guys took investment through normal means right yeah so Two million in the bank. Yeah, they shut down three months later. Do we? They can't have spent it all, right? Nah. Whoa. Hopefully I mean, not. I'd have had a good go, but so there's some money in the bank left. So the investors will get some of it back. Yeah. Right. So it's not all lost for the investors. No. Okay. Good. Just checking. Having said that, it does sound like it would be pretty expensive to maintain this operation, given that. And again, I quote from there. Uh, blog post we have never charged for our services added routing fees or sold anything to our community so and as soon as they got the two million they'll have hired like 42 people at every startup does yeah yeah great business model i'm serious i've got a better business model for you big guy all you have to do is hack v chain and you can make away with 6.7 million dollars directly from the foundation, which I think makes this all the sweeter. It's quite a lot of competition in that game, though, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really got hacked, Ken, unfortunately. The foundation seemed to be suggesting that it was an inside job. Someone at the foundation transferred money out. I mean, uh, still pretty cool. There's a, a mole on the inside of VeChain. Pretty cool. That seems to be what they're suggesting. I don't think they've come out and explicitly said that. But that's what they're implying. They're saying the VeChain... Network is completely safe, unhackable, etc. It was just uh, possibly a bad actor within the foundation or some shit like that. So I was talking to uh, Nexo, asking them about their their security and their and how they can guarantee that my funds are safe because they and they kept saying we've got a hundred million of um, of insurance. They kept coming back to the fact that their crypto is stored um, physically, like the, not the crypto the keys and stuff are stored physically um and distributed across different vaults like actual physical safes as a means of trying to convince me that the money was secure and actually my argument is that while that prevents maybe them withdrawing all of the money through a hack it doesn't stop a human in a given situation from withdrawing funds and this sounds like one of those situations where yes you can have all the best cyber security in the world but you can't stop somebody from just physically going in and, and and taking stuff yeah especially when the teams that are charged with preventing that from happening seem to fail on such a regular basis as appears to be the case in this v-chain hack they say that um like the auditing function in the in their business failed when it came to 
um, I guess, overseeing a transaction of this size and um, from this wallet to another wallet that they should have known it shouldn't it shouldn't have gone to. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The like the weakest point in the cybersecurity is always a human or whatever. So, yeah. but also having an environment where relying on humans to be honest um when the upside of being dishonest in that situation is so wildly greater than than just doing their job mm-hmm. and getting paid their salary you're, you're always going to find yourself at risk of being like robbed right? yeah you mean when everyone's like i could i could be break even on crypto if i stole this ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so is v chain um is it a privacy does it have privacy features uh, it's an ethereum killer Ah, uh, okay. So, so it's so it's a public blockchain still. Yeah. So they can still trace the funds. Yeah. So they're tracing the addresses. They've traced many addresses that are uh, are associated, and they're right on the tail of the attacker, etc. But don't how, worry, because VeChain's still great. How um how are they going to get it out? Realistically, you're what? six point. You're sitting on six point seven million dollars of hot VeChain. Well, if we're based on some of the other things we're going to cover this week, they're probably just going to send it to an account with their name on it and withdraw it to their bank account, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) And then get Deli Belly. Smart. On the same vein, though, two crafty Canadians have made off with $150,000 from a woman by asking for it. They had a sweet Twitter account handle that was like, hit BTC assistance. And uh, some 67-year-old woman, I think a contact tip BTC, said, like, where's my withdrawal at or whatever. They contacted her through the hit BTC assist Twitter handle and said, oh, just give us all your details. We'll sort it right out for you. She duly gave them her details. They then got this 27 Bitcoin or whatever, sent it to the Kraken account in one of their names. <laughs> From his account, he immediately sent half to the Kraken account of his accomplice in his name. They cashed out and somehow they got busted again. They did, however, pay the lady back and are probably going to just do a bit of time in the clink. So hold tight to those fucking idiots. But did they provide her with a service? Because I feel like there's... There, well, if there, she wanted to withdraw a Bitcoin, yeah. then withdraw a Bitcoin. <laughs> there, there might be a legal loophole that well, avoids, avoids the, them going to prison. The court has ordered them to pay her a $142,349 check. So, uh, in essence, yes, they have cashed out her crypto. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and only charged the small fee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait. I mean, less administrative ball ache than most exchanges. <laughs> she only had to drag them into court. Wait, so they stole this Bitcoin. They don't have to give it back. They have to give her the cash back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So presumably they are going to have to sell this Bitcoin they stole off of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've, they sent yeah. her a check already. Mm. So if Bitcoin had gone up in price, would they have got? Would she have got the value at the time of the court case? Or is it at the time of it being stolen? Well, the article here says that the Bitcoin currently worth one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. So hmm. they have made. Yeah, but sounds she, like she's saved, saved a fortune on withdrawal fees. Yeah. <laughs> but they sent it to her. They we don't know when they sent it to her though. That's true. But yeah, either way, they're probably going to be doing a bit of time, and they'll get to prison. Everyone will be like, "What did you do?" They'll be like, "Well, internet hackers," and they'll hopefully get. Back. And they'll immediately say, "Hang on to my pocket." Yeah, you say a bit of time. This is the most one. The second most offensive bit of this story to me is that. These two brothers will serve two years in prison when authorities announce sentencing on March 17th. And we all know that that means they'll do like eight months. 
And if I'd have gone up to that woman with a shovel and said, give me 140 grand, they'd have thrown me away and locked up the the key up or something. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) It's it's Canada, one of those mean places, though, where if you get um, a sentence of two years or below, you don't go to prison. Oh, that would make me furious, Can. Hold tight, the, hold tight the Mounties, though, that managed to clip-clop their way down the evidence trail to find Wait these guys. until the Mounties mm. get hold of those two. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, they, they will give them a real stern talking to, yeah, and, to and let them out the station. <laughs> have to make sandwiches for everyone for <laughs> days on end. I'm just imagining two like- young Canadian boys in the dock just continually saying sorry after one another. If it was me, I'd bought fake ID with some of the Bitcoin, set up a new account, Transferred it to one in a fake name rather than my own name, my own bank account, then tried to go to Vegas and get arrested by the US police. <laughs> Fucking Is that exactly they went to Vegas? One of them did, and then he apparently like warned his brother, Don't come to the US and the police were like, Uh, what's going on here, big guy? <laughs> what a couple of fucking dipshits. Uh, yeah. do we need to caveat not not criminal advice or something? Uh, yeah, maybe. Was I'm not it, a lawyer or a you, criminal. So. Could you not set this scam up, nick this old lady's money, and then send it to your arch nemesis? Hmm? Ooh. Yeah. Send, it to hit, th- send it to the Kraken account in his name. Yeah, and then be like, dude, do you fancy a trip to Vegas? But but not with me, just on your own. Yeah, or I'll see you there. <laughs> or you could... But then he'd be like, no, you're my arch nemesis. Why would I go to Vegas with you? But then he'd be like, oh, shit, I've got loads of money in the bank. Yeah, why not go to Vegas? Why don't you with, just with this person I hate? Why don't you just get hit BTC uniforms, go to a house, and, and a take the money in real life? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid. You haven't paid your uh, your hit BTC license fee. Ooh. Oh yeah, exactly. We're gonna sorry, hit BTC is illegal here. We're gonna need all that money in cash. A quickie hander over the better. Can't you see that I've got a similar colorway to the website? <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of idiots with too much money, McAfee is gearing up for his presidential run and I believe the beak has a take on it spicy perhaps there's no need for takes on McAfee he's not only is he gearing up for his presidential run he's also aiming to be the only man to simultaneously be the American president and the British Prime Minister one of the few people on earth who's eligible for both apparently because he was born on an American base in the United Kingdom which he claims makes him eligible for both. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to try and be both uh, president and British prime minister. Realistically, he says he hasn't got a great chance, but he's doing it to promote cryptocurrency. Uh, when asked about his penis-eating bet, which is coming up in about six months, they said, are you still on course for million-dollar Bitcoin next year? He replied, one word, Absolutely. So McAvee is could be the first, no, I guess the second, third dickless prime minister. Is America third? Is yeah. <laughs> Thatcher, <laughs> Theresa May. Thatcher and May. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget about May because she's entirely forgettable. Mate, but she was prime minister for three years. Was she? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's uh he's not fucking about. He's trying to promote crypto, and he seems to be completely forgetting that Yang is actually promoting crypto but uh yeah mcafee he's been arrested twice in the last week i think in the dominican republic uh where he's running his presidential campaign off a boat (laughs) um, for avoiding tax in the u.s or something 
Because yeah. taxation is theft. Ta- yeah, so he's a president who's openly denouncing taxation, a potential president. So I guess we'll see how that one goes. But uh, good luck, McAfee. I uh, hope your vote campaign goes well, big guy. Good luck with the dick. What was he arrested for? Um, money, not paying tax on it. Mm. But I think yeah. well, he, fle- he fled the US last year. No, not last year, sometime this year. To live on a boat near the Dominican Republic. But the th- McAfee always talks about how he's, uh, he's arrested by the elite overlords for rebelling against the system. So you never really know yeah. exactly what he's The IRS. Done. Yeah, what he's getting done for, but... Apparently he was he was big buddies with Joe Rogan and they were both getting ordained as ministers in some specific church and then they had some kind of falling out. Yeah. McAfee claims because Joe Rogan started a sexual relationship with one of his friends, imaginary friends. I mean, the the story quickly unravels. As to all of his <laughs> stories. God bless him. Hold tight, big John. But I do like to believe that once upon a time, John and Joe were big into uh, the church and getting ordained as ministers. Yeah, probably. I mean, McAfee's, uh he's not going to promote any more shit coins because he needs to keep his record clean for the president. <laughs> nice. You can do it, John. We all believe in you. Although, we are officially a hashtag Yang Gang podcast. Well, the prince... Mm, not the standard yeah I'm more Tulsi gang these days but whatever mummy Tulsi (laughs) mummy president one time (laughs) Uh, anyone use anyone wants to jump in on Uh, yeah I want to talk about the Russian darknet ICO oh tell me more about where I can buy illicit materials from a Roski from so currently only I think only Russians or at least it's all Russian language I believe in a Russia's largest darknet marketplace. I bet you can get some incredibly high quality crocodile. Mm, I'm not sure that. That's sort of an oxymoron, Kevin. Yeah, there is such (laughs) a thing as high quality crocodile. Uh, But these guys are looking to raise a whole shitload of money $146 million uh, to bring in a new era in the West. They're calling it Hydra. Uh, I think it's actually already running. But they're trying to expand out into the West. If you buy at their ICO, you get dividends every month and a percentage that come as a percentage of their profits. Um, seems a pretty dodgy investment, being that every major darknet marketplace exit scams. So you're giving money to a company that is openly breaking the law on the most in the most anonymous manner we've found so far and all of them basically steal everyone's money so i'm not sure how much money they're going to raise but it does sound sweet and i do want to check out hydra and see if there's any good stuff on it Cal. do we have to say hashtag not financial advice when we're explicitly saying do not buy this i think that, it's that all right when also it's financial advice right I great point so, we wouldn't that... want to penalize our listeners yeah, by them having them like, miss out on miss, hi- the hydra i see yeah i feel well it does seem to represent ownership in a darknet marketplace. So if you get caught, maybe they could prosecute you as part owner, which means you're basically you're fucked. Drug dealing, yeah. 
and like the drug dealing, um, child porn dealing. There's going to be fake documents, like credit card scams. If you get caught doing this kind of thing, you're fucked or you kill yourself. You see, so I wouldn't much. I'm you, all right with telling people. You know, you know how you get around that one really easy though. How's that? You do what we just said before. Uh, you send one millionth of a whatever their token is to every single wallet on the Ethereum blockchain, say. And then now we're all co-conspirators. If they want to prosecute anyone with some of this token in the wallet, now they have to prosecute every single person who holds any ETH. If only Peter McNormack had an ETH wallet. <laughs> but also, um, you're not investing in the the people that are doing the illegal activities. You're only investing in the infrastructure that allows them to do it. Oh no! This is you're getting paid direct from the profits of this darknet marketplace. That's the entire uh, of, business. Of, 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 yeah, they're not fucking about because yeah. they're on. It's a darknet marketplace. They don't give a shit. They're like, you're going to get the profits we make from the darknet marketplace. Profits from what? What? What do they make money the, on? The sale of heroin. No, well, no, 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 no. They're but, just the but, sale of things. Okay. That right. Whatever. And they, interestingly, it seems like part of their business model is they're going to have couriers deliver this stuff, and someone's going to pick it up. Nice. Which doesn't seem like it might work in Russia, mm. but I'm not sure how well that's going to go here. And they're simultaneously claiming that neither buyer, seller, nor courier ever cross paths in person. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I actually do think that um, a, assist, uh, assist, a system that allows you to publish uh, offers for uh, goods and services that is completely decentralized that is basically a smart contract is uh it's it's coming like this this darknet marketplace that's sent this is centralized a decentralized one where uh transactions and posts are just uh transactions on a blockchain the problem is though that it's the payment element you still will need human intervention to have the escrowing and the triggering of like yep. receive the payment but- but but in the same way that auger 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 the same in the same way that auger works is that you have anonymous participants on the chain that are that stake some amount of money in order to be able to um, validate whether a transaction went through and do dispute resolution and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or well, I mean, I guess all the marketplaces have this. They you put money into escrow. When you're happy, you you just say yeah. It's received or whatever yeah and then you have a like a rating and people can do business with you or not so yeah, yeah i guess you're right let's fire it up yeah or let's i hope some anonymous guys <laughs> <fire it up. laughs> no you, you're right though i think because this is the first thing in crypto i've seen for a while now where i'm like oh yeah this there's the potential for this to be uh i was gonna say legitimate business it's obviously not legitimate <laughs> but like a going concern you know what a i mean profitable business yes a profitable business that you could own a stake of through cryptocurrency and we god knows we haven't seen that in a while so i i agree with you that it it does portend um the possibility that future advancements in this area will eventually lead us to the uh dex holy grail where we can buy and sell whatever we choose anonymously with cryptocurrency so if you um if you were to publish this and you and you didn't keep the keys that allow you to um you know modify a smart contract or whatever um could you be arrested great question you'd be arrested but you'd never be able to get done would you 
you didn't have the key and you throw your laptop in the canal shit out luck the only problem is you couldn't make any money from it no but but so making money from it I think would would incriminate be, be, would be the difference between whether or not I agree yeah because then you could say I'm just creating a network yeah. whereas if you're profiting from drug sales or sales of child pornography or whatever, yeah. you're going to be fucked yeah I also think this this is probably the one space where there are enough like principled nutters where you will definitely get a few who will do that. They'll just be like, I just want to do this for its own sake rather than yeah, yeah. to yeah, profit wildly. But that's the kind of thing <laughs> I would do. But also, yeah. <laughs> what, I'd, what I'd actually really, really like to do is... Um, is no, is, is, <laughs> is have it facilitate uh, drug purchasing uh, for a profit but send the profits to an ETH address owned by like a drug rehabilitation centre or something. To or Peter McNorman. Or Peter, well, <laughs> uh, no, because he's going to have to pay off his uh, legal fees and I don't really want it to go on that. But but actually, like to go into a good cause to help support drug I addiction like it. and that so kind of stuff. We're, it's like a model for the legalising drugs. Yes. That is sit be really far it and, let's do it. And if they, if they shut it down, they'd be depriving the charity of all that revenue. Yeah. So. We'll call the win the coin crypto weekly dot show to get some advertising. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Can we get crypto weekly dot smack instead? <laughs> yeah, I would love yeah. for changing yeah. our name to that. <laughs> crypto weekly dot smack. Yeah. Crypto weekly filling your veins every week with comfy news and hot takes. And on that bombshell, it's time to end the news and move on. To what I hope is going to be an, a moy moy spicy Scoville Corner to bring this year to a close. So I actually hate to disappoint you, Ken, but I think you'll find that despite me being half cut on Brewdog's 5 a.m. Saint American Red Ale seasonal offering as we speak, I'm going to be striking quite a conciliatory tone this week with my musings on the results of the UK election. For those who don't know, we just had a election in the UK and the results were that Boris Johnson, the leader of the Conservative Party, BTFO, Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party, the Conservatives being the right-leaning party and Labour being the left-leaning party. Now, it's no secret that I, while I like ideas from both the left and the right, net net, I tend to lean somewhat right overall. So you be forgiven for thinking that I am through the roof, that the Conservative Party made loads of gains in the UK election. However, that's not the case at all, and I'll explain why. The reason I'm not over the moon is because this election only has only reminded me more and more that the game plan of the left is not to get someone as hard left as Jeremy Corbyn is notorious for being elected, it's to get right-wing people excited when someone as milquetoast and centrist and liberal as Boris Johnson actually gets elected in a landslide. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's happened. Now, and it irks me to see all the people who also lean right, super excited, like like we've like we've owned the libs, guys. No, we haven't. Once again, the libs have owned us for like the four millionth time in a row uh, ever since this shit started like 80 years ago. Yeah, and that's basically the crux of it. We've got this like super milk toast, weak, centrist, 
government that's now been elected in what they consider to be uh, with this huge mandate to do whatever they want, none of which is going to is going to benefit half the people that actually voted for them. So yeah, I mean, what 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 is this? Uh, what reason do we really have to celebrate? Now, while it's all fun and it's all like fun and games to go and watch a uh, Paul Joseph Watson Watson video and see some like leftists like cry in the streets of London because Jeremy Corbyn didn't get elected, and that is hilarious for like half an hour. But after you're finished watching, unfortunately, reality you come back to reality and realize that the government that has been elected isn't going to do anything for you either. So that's basically my warning to the right to the right is that don't don't get gassed off this because um this isn't going to make any any difference isn't going to make any positive political or cultural change to our country unfortunately and to the left i'd say so everyone on the left is supposed to be btfo'd and like crying in the streets and all that kind of stuff i actually think that they're out of the two out of the two positions would you would i rather be a really enthusiastic enthusiastic supporter of the conservative party or a really enthusiastic supporter of the labor party i think if i had a choice obviously i can't choose but if i if i could i might select labor because i feel like the the people that support that party are in a much better position to actually exert influence over their party of choice than people on the right so basically labor they lost a load of seats they did get btfo'd so now the party has to go the party apparatus has to to go back cap in hand to the voters and reappeal to them, reassess what will make people who once voted for that party start voting for them again, which gives the 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 um, their base some some ability as much as they'll ever have to actually influence what the party do. Whereas it's completely opposite on the right, where where Boris has just got elected, he's freshly elected in a big landslide victory. He considers this permission, uh, you know, like a mandate, as they say, and basically carte blanche to do whatever he and crucially, in reality, whatever his donors want him to do. So I feel like, as I've said, not to repeat myself, but it pains me to see all these like conservatives. And I mean, they are all like super like normie, centrist, like, oh, I love the conservative party conservatives get super gassed off this result and be like, oh, this is amazing. The nation has once again rejected the identity politics of the left or whatever other meme they want to run with. When what, what has actually happened is that both parties have been gradually moving left in lockdown step over the past 70 years and we've now reached the point where we are so far this the spectrum of um permissible political thought in the uk is so narrow and so far to the left that even places in the northeast have started to vote for uh conservatives where where they have historically and i mean for like 50 years running have always voted labor which again, as I say, these conservatives on Twitter think is this huge victory. They're like, oh, we've convinced these working class areas to of the merits of conservative thought. It's like, no, you haven't. Conservative thought has been dragged into the point where it aligns with the the same principles that those people have always had. And now they're just like, well, the conservatives are saying all the stuff I agree with and the Labour Party are actually way far to the left of me. So again, it's this isn't a victory for the right or conservatives at all this is just 
the same process and program that has been going on in Western countries, as I say, for like eight years, the duration of the post-war period. And it's that, the Overton window, the... Um, uh, the aperture of acceptable thought and political speech has been so narrowed and moved so far to the left that it it now it now um the entire the entire right's quote unquote right movement is encapsulated within within it and it's entirely left left leaning so yeah that's my top tip is if you're a conservative right now you shouldn't be over the moon you should be really really pissed off and i'm gonna um they should have voted for the left <laughs> they should have got the left wing in is what you're saying no i'm not saying that but what i will say to the left uh as i said i'm gonna strike a conciliary tone and i'm gonna say to the left like no i'm gonna say to the left you shouldn't feel btfo'd either because you out of the two bases, you are far more empowered right now than your counterparts on the right. And I'd advise you to try and exercise as much influence as you can over, um, over your party to enact uh, policies that actually benefit you personally. That's my advice. So this is uh, straying radically into Politics Weekly, which is what we've tried to avoid quite a lot. Scoville Corner's always been there yeah. for this. However... I think I might... I'd agree with what you said partially and divide it into fiscally and socially. And actually, so fiscally, I don't think we've moved significantly more left than we have been previously. Like, investment in public services is is gone is going down. Um, I saw a statistic the other day that every major hospital in the UK failed to hit its, uh, its A&E time-to-be-seen target or whatever it is for the first time ever. Um, I think it's for everyone has to be seen within four hours or something and it was the first time ever that all major hospitals had missed it so I think yes the we've moved left as a society socially significantly more and dragged the right wing with us in terms of things like um, you know free what's what's considered to be like offensive language and how you describe people and gender pronouns and all this kind of stuff um however fiscally i don't think we've dragged the right with us nearly as much i actually completely agree with everything you just said um yeah i should have i should have said that i was i'm talking culturally socially but i just find those to be um way more influential in people's lives on a like day-to-day basis but i would absolutely 100 percent trade those two things i would trade moving us socially to the left in favor of fiscally to the right because you're a sensible leftist like you don't yeah like i think you agree with like people can differ over whether like someone has to call you by your preferred gender pronoun like there are example there are some there are some situations where that's not acceptable and some things are i think we're moving generally in the right direction for the most part but that's the stuff that upsets me i think about it is that i am here with you guys all now because of socialist policies um and, and I benefited from things like the welfare state and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So because of those sorts, those left wing policies that we're now abandoning. And right, patrons. And, <laughs> yeah, crucially the patrons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, yeah, I think you you also highlight the fact that neither neither party gets the good part of its platform. Mm. So the right doesn't get to protect like free expression, for instance, and the left doesn't get to. Um, like you say, move fiscally left. So we can only move socially left, which is like 
pretty bad and we can but we don't move we don't move fiscally left like neither the good parts of either platform are denied us and we get the shitty parts of both and that's i think that's what i was trying to get when i said like the left has an opportunity now like the base of the left has an opportunity now to influence the the party of its choice in a positive way in a way that the right is now actually screwed in doing they can't they can't exert any influence over the freshly elected government you know but like corbyn's gonna go he's out so and there's going to be a leadership uh yeah. race or whatever in the labor party and i feel like that as btfo does the left might feel right now it isn't as bad as they seem because they have an opportunity to actually reassess and have as much influence as they ever will over the future direction of the party. So it's not all bad news for them. Which is exactly why P Money joined the Labour Party today. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What were, your, what were your interesting stats, P Money? Oh, so the uh, the subscription fee, the subscription fee, whatever the call the name is for the fee, is four pounds thirty a month for the Labour Party. Okay. Um, how much? How much do you think the Conservative membership is? Like eighty quid. Yeah, per month. Yeah. Nah. Beak, what do you reckon? I reckon 40 quid a year. So that's what? Three quid a month. Yeah, it's actually less than that. It's two pounds a month. Oh, that's cool. Woo. Yeah, and that blew my mind. I was <laughs> like... Champagne socialism how? strikes again. <laughs> how can how can the Tory one... Oh, and it, presumably because they don't need the money, hmm. right? Because <laughs> all the members, are, all the people in the party yeah. are... Anyway, I just thought it was quite funny to see the disparity in, in fees. Um, that is interesting. But I, I joined it because out of frustration of of how inept they are mm. um and not being able to provide a viable opposition i actually yes. don't think i want a f- i wouldn't want a a labor majority equal to what we saw as a toy majority okay because i i actually don't think having an extreme mandate is what's right for the country mm. having having a, a balanced view mm-hmm. uh, having two, two at 50-50, Labour Conservative government might not get a lot done, but they wouldn't fuck up anything. Yeah. They, they'd have to debate and negotiate and actually find a middle ground that would make sense. And so my, my joining them was to have a say in trying to make a viable opposition and not because I want to be Britain to become a full socialist state. Yeah. I just want a viable opposition. Well, not straight away, at least. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> but that is also another price we pay for this like perpetual like leftward drift, is that the, the two parties compete against each other less and less. They, they become more and more in step. Which So it basically... I mean, that's like... It's obviously terrible for the electorate because they no longer compete for your... They don't have to work as hard to compete for your vote, you know? And also for the powers that be, it, it matters less and less which party actually gets elected because their platforms are closer and closer and closer. That brings this episode and this year to a close then. And we must say goodbye. Say goodbye, Jordy Prince. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you all have a splendid Christmas and a phenomenal New Year. And you will rejoin us on the other side for more Crypto Weekly. Boom. Good night, Crypto Beak. Later, cunts. (laughs) (laughs) Night, night, Buble. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, nobeds. Sleep tight, P-Money. I'll try my best. Thank you for listening. It's been a wonderful year with you being informed. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I've been your host, Crypto Ken. You can follow me on Twitter at CryptoKenCan. And you can follow the podcast at CryptoWeeklyPod. 
Good night. <laughs>